0: This podcast is brought to you by LTAsex.com. Live, laugh, love, LTAsex. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors, the podcast where two polyamorous 20-something gay dudes from Bumfuck, Michigan show you what it really takes to have a perfect relationship. I'm your host, Jerome Stewart-Nichols, creator of LTSX.com. Most often, I'll be talking to my partner and human pup submissive, Bubby, but you'll also hear me chatting with various guests from time to time. Glossy Instagram selfies look great, but they don't tell the whole story. There's a hell of a lot that goes on behind closed doors to make strong, healthy, and sexually satisfying relationships. From the basics of communication, inviting fair, to full-time DS relationships and navigating the politics of polyamory. Behind Closed Doors offers you an honest, raw, and unedited look at what it's like to build and maintain the relationship that's right for you. To keep up with the show, you can always follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and the rest at Not Jerome Stewart, and or at Blog. You can visit ltasx.com/slash/behind-closed-doors for links to subscribe on Stitcher, YouTube, and of course iTunes. Oh, and always, if you have questions you want answered or feedback about the show, send it to me, Jerome at ltasx.info. But enough of this shilling bullshit. Let's get into the sex and relationships. I was confused. I
1: didn't understand what was going on. And I know that there's a lot of people that have it worse, and I'm not trying to say, like, oh, poor me, look at me. But I'm just trying to share what I felt and how I feel about it. And that's why I feel so strongly about gender studies and stuff is because I'm trying to make sense of it still. Okay. You know, and I'm trying to put words to I'm trying to learn words to how I feel inside, and that's that is why I'm so... I like to study that, that's why I like to study psychology, that's why I like to read this kind of stuff, is because I need words for these addictions and these feelings and these situations that I've been put in that aren't exactly positive, but, you know, you can't really do anything about. And so... You know, to get back on topic, recently I started thinking to myself in, my, in doing my gender reading and learning more about my alcoholism because I'm connecting my alcoholism in several different points in my life. It's not only having to deal with pain of having to listen, having this um, um, emotional incest go on for years and years and expected to be on their feet at all times. Part of why I don't relax. Because I couldn't relax as a child. Because I had to constantly be on and here to listen to problems. To give support. To give advice. I'm five. What advice do I have?
0: You're a boy. I was
1: made to be a boy. I'm not a boy. You made me to be a boy because you don't understand Because you're embarrassed because I wouldn't have been passing. If they would have left me alone, no surgeries, no hormones, I would have looked a lot different. I wouldn't have, I would have been more in-between looking, more kind of androgynous looking, you know, and...
0: Are you sure about that?
1: I know down here, I know um developmentally because if I wouldn't have taken the hormones when I'm from a young age, my puberty would have been different. If I wouldn't have if I would have had my period and not had any of that removed, I would have to have periods every month. I
0: would have to learn to deal with that with a penis. Did you ever get your medical records? Why not?
1: I sent in for them, and they're I'm still trying to find them because the period from which I was born is in between the paper and the digital. And so it's like, well, where is it? Is it in the paper? Is it in the digital? It's not in the digital. Okay, now I gotta look through the paper. It's something I've been keeping up on and I'm closer to obtaining, but...
0: You know there are doctors who, who could help examine you? Like... That's why I'm talking to
1: Kathy Fessler, which is who me and Randy were actually talking about. Um, oh, is she living? She is a trans expert in the area. Oh. Um, she can write hormone treatment. She can provide therapy. She can, that's why I'm trying to get in to see her, because I know that she can give me a lot of fucking that I don't know and that you don't know and that I can't find out from reading because trans misogyny is fucking real and femininity is frowned upon? second? I don't...
0: Subjugated.
1: Yes. It's much more... It's much easier for... An FTM to pass as male than an MTF to pass as female.
0: And what I said about that was, um, you... Because women's appearances are constantly under scrutiny and nation. Right. And for a woman to be a woman, it's about what you're not rather than what you are. It's the same way with men. Like, gender appearances, it's usually about what yeah. you don't have.
1: And, and 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 I know that my gender expression is male.
0: I, I can't change that. You keep... Okay. That phrase concerns me. Why? Because it it seems like you want to change it, but you keep saying you don't. It feels, it feels mentally inconsistent. I want to own it.
1: I want to own that I'm neither, but I look a certain way. And... When I talk about this, I'm talking about gender identity. When I'm talking about I'm male-bodied, it's my expression. The way I choose to dress, the way I choose to present myself, my whole life has been a man. And like I said, I don't want to transition because I don't want to be fully female. But when you look at a majority of trans people, it's male or female, male or female, just like a binary. If you're not transitioning from this to this, you're this to this. And there are groups that are non-binary that are genderfuck, genderqueers, but... I'm learning what that means. It's weird. (laughs) It's very confusing, and it has a lot to do with my childhood and... A lot of... ...discomfort I had growing up. Okay. I, I, I know it's weird, and I know I don't do the best job explaining it. And I'm sorry. I wish I could explain
0: For it. For me. For me. I guess I... The best way I can sort of, like, understand the feelings of, I guess, like, physical assault um, from your surgeries and things would be, like, how I feel about circumcision. Yeah. I really, really, really don't like if that happened. It's not something I think about because it doesn't look bad. Yeah. And... it just It's gotten down to a science circumcision yeah
1: like they can do it and it looks so well
0: it's sick and I wish it didn't happen and I would like to stop it from happening to babies in general but like and female female
1: circumcision is illegal why why is male circumcision allowed you know what I mean You're
0: ripping off your color. Huh? You're ripping off your color. My color? Yeah, every time you run your hands over there you keep liking your color. Stop playing with your hair. Um, But I've never had a, like a nagging problem with it. I have this like inkling Mm -hmm. that this is going to end up being like a footnote in terms of like mental progress because from my senses, I feel that you're like the biggest hurdle you have to overcome is like this collective sense of violation from your family. I think it's connected to the emotional incest, to the surgeries, to the physical abuse, to the sexual like abuse. sexual abuse, like all of it. Like all of those violations to your body, I think are connected.
1: There's a th- reason, and I
0: think, I think there's a reason why you keep focusing on those specific issues. I don't really think it has to do with trans specifically. I think you're interested in it, and I think you being born intersex absolutely has some, like, talking shit you need to do. Absolutely, like, just because you're intersex does not mean you're trans. Right. Like... But, I really, really, really do think that you're just a girly boy. And that is at the end of the day, what you kind of always have been, whatever your genitals look like. Because, yeah, sometimes you want to wear a skirt. And yeah, sometimes you want to wear heels. And sometimes you want to be a butch bear. And, and sometimes... Why can't you, I be a butch bear in heels? I was about to say, and sometimes You're you want to... Why a, not both? There was cha, a bitch cha, cha, there cha, last cha, night cha. in a
1: kill, and I was like, your skirt is everything. It's the first time I'm wearing it out. Really? Where'd you get it? Amazon. Yes, you did, queen. What's it called? Gave me the site for it. I'm going to get me a skirt. Because it looked cool as fuck, and it was a utility, and it had pockets and shit, and it was just black,
0: and it looked really... <laughs> kilt? Yeah, it was a kilt. You know what? Kilts can be sexy. Yeah. And see, when I think of a man in a skirt, I think of a guy in a kilt, and I'm thinking of, like, beefy legs, and, like, I'm thinking of nice calves, which I like to see in shorts as well. So you're showing me a little leg, right? (laughs) Like, that's that's the male equivalent of showing a little leg. And then I'm also thinking of, like... I don't know, confidence, I guess. That was the script.
1: They look cool as fuck. Like, on this person. Like, this person was definitely skinnier than me and slimmer, but... He looked really good. He sounds very comfortable to wear.
0: You know. Perhaps... This looks like some shit Jaden Smith would wear. So, perhaps we need to get you some boots...
1: And that's what I like is like Jaden Smith, Kanye West kind of look where it's like simple but it's androgynous. That's part of what I like about lesbians so much. You remember? I. Good. This is what I feel like. This is what I feel oh, like. Oh shit, we're not buying this. How much is it?
0: 70 to $85. Oh, no. no, no, honey, we'll find you. We'll find anything. something cheaper. We'll, we'll go to 80. Asia now. Or rag stock. Or rag because stock, stock I'm be sure they have a kilt there. That seems, like a, that seems like a well place to buy a kilt for fuck's sake.
1: And for cheap, because they're not very expensive, I've noticed.
0: <clears throat>
1: I was made into a trans man.
0: From being intersex to a trans man? Yes.
1: My family did not understand my gender. Did not understand. You didn't life.
0: have a gender. You're fucking Ditto. Ditto. Beth Ditto. What if she came out dressed as a Ditto? Oh my god. You mean just like a lumpy space princess and shit? Yeah. yeah. Now I kind of want to do a Beth Ditto lumpy space princess drawing. Good. I think you could do it and send it to her. No, bitch! I'm gonna make her dressed up like Kirby. Do it! Oh my god! Or her as Clefairy. Oh she, my! Oh, I'm no. gonna do all Hers, the fat no, Pokemon. No, no,
1: no bitch! Hers is that Mega Nurse one with the diaper. Hers. Mega Chansey. Chansey, yeah. yeah.
0: Are they evolved Chansey? Yeah. What is it? Blissey. Blissey. She could be Blissey. With her makeup. Bitch, I could do all her errors from the baby to the blissy. I
1: wonder if she plays Pokemon Go.
0: Almost certainly.
1: Or at least has played it once.
0: <laughs> I don't like that you can't be fat in the game. You're Asian speedy. people don't like fat. They, they're more fat than we are.
1: That's uh, that's such bullshit. You have sumo wrestlers.
0: <laughs> They're huge. Yes, but they are huge for a specific purpose. And some of the joy of the, of sumo is watching the fat guys jiggle around its humors. I always thought sumo wrestling was
1: very cool like very like serious and traditional. I'm like
0: it is very serious and traditional. But some things are that are serious and, and fun traditional. are so
1: fucking hot and cute. You just like saying I do. Like kind of giant guys ass is hanging in. I do. And there's
0: nothing wrong with that.
1: I am a chaser. I love fucking fat people. <laughs> I grew up being emotionally incest By a big fat person. I was molested by a fat person. A lot of my adult sexual experience was with fat people as a child. So.
0: (laughs) That doesn't sound like something you would like. And that makes me feel sort of weird. Why? Because I'm fat chaser yes that's not why
1: i love you i know why i am attracted to people i like it because it's something i've wanted for myself to be fat yes i would love to be your size i love that that idea of bigness and roundness and strength
0: see but that's not what you had said is But but what you had said was you've been hurt by a bunch of fat people so you like to date fat people.
1: I was hurt by a lot of fat people and that's why I
0: I just wiped it out with toilet paper.
1: Oh wow, that was easy. Nonstick. That's part of why I sexualize it why I find it sexually arousing. That is what I am trying to say for that reason, is with the hurt
0: and the... Well, I will say this. A lot of times people's fetishes Mm -hmm. um, or kinks are developed due to trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex can be very therapeutic. And it's a nice way to connect something traumatic to something that's pleasurable. Yeah. Which also gives you a bit of like chemical relief. Mm -hmm. And something that you have control over. Because you can... If you have to relive those fantasies in your head from your trauma, why not have the power to be like, fuck, I'm going to make this hot for me. This might be my cross to bear, my scarlet letter, but fuck, I'm going to make it as pleasurable as it can be. Exactly. Like making the best out of a bad situation. Exactly. Like,
1: I don't, and the, the thing is... I don't see a problem with anything that I said. Like, does that mean I'm not going to fuck a skinny person or I'm going to be less attracted to a skinny person? No, not necessarily.
0: No, it's just like... It depends I, I, on my personality. It and the reason why I made my problem. statement that I that I did just now yeah. was, was because I'm clarifying it for myself. Yeah. Because, I'm, like, for me that feels weird, but then, like, logically... I understand it, which means that I can eventually wrap my head around it emotionally. And I wasn't talking about you specifically. I figured, but it's sort of one of those things where it's like, oh, God, you're so different from those black people. That's what it feels like. And that...
1: and that wasn't the point I was trying to get across
0: what was the point you were trying to get across? we were talking
1: about gender we were talking about um, different things mm-hmm. uh, different connections <laughs> What I mean to say is what I said secondarily, which is I admire larger people because that is something that I wanted and never had. Because when I would get fatter or start to get fat, I get made fun of. Because I was always very, very, very skinny as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I was I mean I was premature, so I like was real real skeletal, but like then you know i started eating my feelings more and like i got pudgy and i liked it because i was like oh i'm starting to look like everyone around me cool this is fun because everyone in my family is obese and like fat okay i'm just like trying to get into my family cool and i got shamed for it and like a lot of body shaming and like you're getting fat you need to work out like you don't even work out, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Like, they were trying to preserve my slenderness, and I didn't want it. You know what I mean? It's like they were almost envious of it, <coughs> because they could <coughs> never lose weight. And it's like, I'm just trying to look like you, because that's what makes me comfortable. And I, I have to
0: work out and do things, and... I'm sorry that happened to you.
1: So I, that's part of why I'm not as big as I want to be now and didn't learn to be because every time I would get big, I would get made fun of and
0: I had to preserve my body. Well, Bubby. 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 No, I'm not there anymore. Bubby. 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 I'm going to twink this little nose here. I'm going to twink this little nose here. (laughs) 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 boops
1: boop and so you know
0: but no 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 Let let me actually don't this might help you mentally if you can put these two things together right so you say you always wanted to be big right I am totally cool with you getting fat. Yeah. You are totally cool with you getting fat.
1: Yeah.
0: As long as you don't fall apart.
1: Yeah. Which is why I'm, I download a bunch of like kettlebell workouts and shit.
0: And that's what I'm talking about. Is like. Be active and fat. You are. I want you big and beefy and fat. So you're strong, as well as being, you know, chip chubby, chippy-chippy, as much as you could be.
1: Cause I know I'm not gonna be like I want, like I would ideally in my head like to be, but and that's okay. In my head, I would not be an alcoholic, and <laughs> not emotionally abusive, but you know. I am, and I have to admit that, and I have to work on it, and ship that away, and get to something that I like, and things that are productive and positive, you know, and so, I know I focus on gender a lot, and I know I cut you off, so I will shut up and let <laughs> you keep talking, and I will make my point later. Please continue. <laughs> Oh, I'm so annoyed by this entire situation. I know. I'm annoyed. My life just feels like a big sigh. Like, uh.
0: Isn't that what it has been? As he sighs again. Um, no, what I was saying is like, you want to be fat. I want you to be beefy so you can be beefy fat. That's actually easier to accomplish. Even though technically you are fat already. Yeah. Um, I'm overweight. Yeah, you've got a belly. You've got love handles. You're fat. I'm technically obese. For my... BMI or whatever.
1: Yeah, which I'm like... Uh, mm, whatever. I don't trust you. You want everyone to be skinny. skinny you're a bitch. Skinny.
0: Yeah. Um... But, like... You... Also, want to be in control of your body, and you want to feel safe in your body, and you want to turn me on. All of those goals are accomplished by doing the thing I've been encouraging you to do for over a year that you've been putting off. That thing being beefing up so you could increase your mass. Because I feel like for you, part of the why you want to be fat, large, is because it feels safe. No, well, I feel safe like a friend. I know, but I feel like part of it is because you want to feel safe, like physically safe. It makes me feel safe. Like you like the weight of your chain. You also want the weight of your body. And that's so, so totally fine. Because admittedly, being large does make me feel safe as well. I think we need to start another podcast. Or. Roll these sorts of episodes into This is Crazy. Just to keep things streamlined. But, like. I feel like you need to either do, either and, and or that is, Um, do, either solo episodes where you do like a confession on your own. You make YouTube videos. Yes, but those are podcasts. And. Or you bring a friend from AA and you tell your stories. So just like you go and get coffee, coffee and confession. or something I will say, from my end of this whole experience with you and AA and such, it's nice to see you dive into something.
1: That's why I Christian so hard when I was a Christian. I just dove into it because I thought it would save me. But, I was raised with that kind of mindset, (coughs) to be involved in something, (coughs) and that was how I got my life, so I think finding support groups and stuff, and who knows, maybe one day even organizing support groups and stuff would be really cool. Because I have to go with what I know, and I know that I'm an alcoholic, and I know that I have to do something.
0: like so I quit talking to you about my gender stuff oh shit that's another part of it god damn I love you not having to talk to me all the time about your 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 internals drama oh god it is such a relief it really really Like, I know you don't like the way that sounds. But it is... I... I, I understand. Yeah. Because I've been, like, your sole confidant. You don't think I'm happy to be able to talk to someone else. I know that you are. Why don't you just say, and I'm happy to give it to you? Why do you have to compete with me? Never mind. Are you not happy for me? I am happy for you. Then express it. I'm happy for
1: you. Great. I'm glad that you get to... have time away from... the issues that I've been plaguing you with for two years. Because... it's not okay to just talk to one person. For anyone... And so I'm happy that you can feel a sense of relief because that is important to me, that you are comfortable. And I know that that's a big relief off of your shoulders. I'm sorry to make it sound like I'm competing with you because I'm not. I'm glad that you get to have time by yourself, time away, time to just be and do. Aside from me, just going to work, coming home, because we work similar hours. <laughs> yeah, but luckily. When I get off of work, it's usually good time, so. That's part of why we talk so much in
0: the morning. Also, we're fresh and energetic.
1: Was a surprise to hear,
0: but. That I'm happy to have time away from you. Yes. Why?
1: I wasn't expecting to talk about it right now, but we are, and that's okay. I didn't expect this to happen so quickly.
0: To me, would be relieved.
1: Not being relieved, but. To see an action in myself that's relieving something from you from my standpoint. You are getting relieved because I'm going to this meeting, because I'm going somewhere and taking care of a problem. Mm-hmm. Which is different than me going somewhere and going to work and getting pissed off about it because I work in a goddamn bar and not multiple. <laughs> What
0: multiplying the problem?
1: Exactly, and the th- like the thing is, I don't think I would be upset if I worked in a restaurant and like we served wine, you know, or something like. Because that that's most places, but
0: I not think a bar. You would. Not a bar. I think you would. But hiding away from it is not an answer. Right, but working around it constantly is not an answer either. You're correct. And so maybe it would be a good idea to get a job at, like, a cafe or something. Maybe it would be a good idea to help me promote the butters so we can keep the, these orders rolling in. But the thing is, that's not a feasible job right now. I don't mind helping, you right, but we need an actual yeah. income. Yeah. That is why we're focusing on direct selling, direct promotion. Like, I'm not dumb. Like, I know what I'm doing. I I didn't say you did. But I'm just reminding you that I am smart, is what I should say. I'm planning... Here's my updated plan with the butters, by the way, because I don't think I've caught you up. I've just sort of been working. We are at a point with the butters where... We know how to make our product well enough that we can fix almost any problem that someone would have with it. Right. We know that we're going to have to lower the amount of apple cider vinegar so it smells so that the smell is less vinegary for people when it's fresh because the fresh part is the problem. But we can also make regular strength and just leave it to to set up and get get its cherry smell going on. Let the thing dissipate. And it does that after being sealed with no air for a while. I think it's sort of like the apple cider vinegar might be like preserving it or something distilled. I don't know. It might be doing something to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only 11. I
1: know. I keep planning my day in my head and thinking I'm going at 5.
0: Well, there's no reason to plan anything right now because I'm in charge and you're not at work. And you can relax. You can Relax. Relax. Why aren't you relaxing? Why aren't you relaxing? Relax. Please don't. Please. Relax. 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 With these belly rubs. Relax. Relax, baby. So yeah, we're at a pace with the butters. we know our product well enough, we know how to make it, we know how to solve problems, we know how to make it quickly, we know our packaging, pretty solidly, we now know our shipping. So the only thing we need to be focusing on right at this exact moment is selling. Getting it into people's hands. Getting it in front of people's eyes, getting samples into people's hands, getting, you know... Letting people know that we also have shea butter, we have cocoa butter, we, not cocoa butter, we have shea butter, we have coconut oil, we have grape seed, oh, we, we have aloe, oil. we have all this shit, it's, it's cheap, shipping's cheap, like, we want to give you this product, like, let's get it out there, that's why it was really dope that on the day X Biz published the Lube press release, Oh, and they added they added a link. Um, on that same day, um, the Black Business Directory did the moisturizer, which had the links to all our stuff, which will help with our SEO.
1: And on the main website, you can see like, hey, we got free samples, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just in, it's just in the fewer, it's in the, it's in the full store. It's the very last one. Like it's separate. It's a separate thing where you can get samples and you have four options for samples. You have a free sample. You have a sample with shipping. You have a um, sample that's at cost of like the product. And then you have a sample that's full price. If you want to Yeah, you, you have four different options. And there are unlimited amounts of the... Do we have a donate button? No.
1: No. Because if people wanted to say... But... They, they get a free sample, and then they get wanted to get a paid sample, or like the shipping sample to support us, can they do that because it's technically one sample per household?
0: Well... Or because they're buying it, they're buying it. So... There are unlimited amounts of the two highest... Of, like, the at-cost and the full price. That's unlimited. That's not... We have 50. Yeah. The other two are we have 50. No. Free is 50. Free with shipping is 100. So we have... I think free of shipping is, like, a dollar. No. So a dollar is not... It's not that much money.
1: Is that 50 online only, or does that involve, like, like me going online around and only. Sam- sampling? Okay. Online only. Okay, cool. Because I know I'm trying to, like, go around and sample the people. But I don't... Is that soliciting?
0: No. It's not, like, hey... Well, yeah, that, they is, go into that, a is, store. that is soliciting, but like, I would call ahead and be like, hey, I'm such and such, I make this thing, um, it's great for
1: whatever it is
0: that you do, otherwise I wouldn't be calling you. Yeah. Um, Could I stop by and possibly talk to you about it, give you some samples? Yeah, so let so you try it So you set up
1: an appointment, kind of, Yeah. instead of just showing up. Yes. Yeah. Because if you just show up, you should go to a designated spot, announce it, and then do it. Like, hey, I'm going to be at the park giving out free samples. You should come by and get a free sample if you want one. Yeah. And then if people are
0: just in the park and walk by, you can just give them a sample. And I don't think there's anything wrong with just setting up in the park, actually. I don't know if you need, like, a permit or anything. I don't think so. And plus, I'd be doing it out of a bag. Like, I have my bag, and then samples. I'm going to get you a... I'm going to make you a sign that you can strap onto to the front of you. Or a, just a shirt. Really tight. How does it make you feel that you made a decision that's benefiting me and you?
1: It made me sad at first because it made me, it made my ego sad. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh God, now he doesn't want to be around me. He likes when I go away. He I he love when way. you go
0: away. Love it. I just want to be clear. I love being alone.
1: <laughs> then why are you dating me? Why are you in a fucking relationship if you like? Why being are alone? you
0: talking right now when you know this is just your ego again? Because you like being alone too. Everyone does. Stinking puppy. You hate being You'll get a lot alone? of this
1: weekend alone.
0: Yeah. And you'll get a lot of this weekend away from me. Yeah, and in a bar, because that's where I would rather be. Puppy, give me the bowl. You can just stop being a dick. You're getting quite out of hand we've been having a very nice conversation and I don't think there's anything wrong with me sharing my feelings in a 100% honest way I love being alone
1: there's nothing wrong with that my problem is where I'm going it's not you being alone that's not the issue, that's not the problem and let me clarify, that's not the problem the problem is my job It's not you being alone. It's not me leaving you alone. That is not the issue here. That is not why I'm upset. And I expressed that yes, at first, it did make me upset. Because that's my initial feeling with things. But, after it sank in, and I took a minute, and I sat with it. Oh wow, that's really pleasant for him. That must be really nice to feel that after being emotionally abused and manipulated and used and treated horribly. To have a positive feeling and a good experience, that's fucking great. Don't get upset at that. And so that is my actual feeling. I'm upset that in a separate facet of I'm thinking of me. I am being selfish and I'm thinking of me and thinking not that oh man I have to leave you and you're gonna be alone or whatever. It's oh man where do I have to go to? I have to go to tap room. That's a fucking it's, you know what it you know what it is? It's several things. Tell me about it, Bub. It's several things. It's a bar. I'm an alcoholic. That's fucking temptation every fucking day that I'm in there. That's not comfortable. That's not comfortable. And it gives me a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because it makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. And I don't like that feeling. It's shameful. Absolutely. And I know that I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just making food. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. But that's how I feel when I'm there. I'm like, oh god, I shouldn't be here. Like, I I don't feel comfortable here. (sighs) Just go in the kitchen. (laughs) Just go hide in the kitchen. (laughs) So I go and hide in the kitchen. And I mostly stay in the kitchen. But the kitchen is a clusterfuck that is disorganized. And there's never any getting ahead.
0: Bubby, I really am. I'm so sorry for cutting you off. But I was about to put the phone up to my face and light it.
1: <laughs> Why do you have my phone in the first place? Because
0: I was about to search for something on gook!
1: And then you tried to light it on fire. <laughs> How quickly did that escalate?
0: Right. <laughs> oh my god. There.
1: I'm just gonna put this. Bear. On. Do you have a drug problem? <laughs> Do we need to talk? Do we need to go to an NA
0: meeting? <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell me? Oh god. I think the real problem is I'm fucking hungry as shit. Don't spill anything. Down. I'm not upset. Then be more accurate. What? Then please be more accurate. I just a box away. You bitch. I'm cutting your potatoes because I've been sitting there rambling when I couldn't make the potatoes already. Bring the potatoes back in here. I don't cut like that. Then give it to me. We're in the middle of talking.
1: small paring knife or is the sharp knife fine?
0: Small. Calling yourself a dumbass?
1: Yeah. Because I need to sit down and not be walking. Yes, that's true. You just I was gonna roll the block, but then I was like, no, I mean you need to just talk. You can't be too long one step overloading yourself. So you tried to smoke the phone. <laughs>
0: Then what happened? Um, then we laughed heartily. Um, I will say... And I'm just going to repeat for emphasis how much I love being alone. It's, it's this thing of like... absolute silence and absolute stillness is like a requirement for me at some times and it's just maybe like a safety thing, a sense of control thing, but when things are moving around me all the time, it makes me feel crazy. Fucking truffles! Oh my god, her with these fucking potatoes! Every time we slice it, just squealing! Ugh! Shut the fuck up! I love you so much! truffles and then
1: professional dinner's
0: pie Say something.
1: Even I don't have anything to say. I wasn't asked anything.
0: (coughs) Even though, (coughs) fucking day, (coughs) without prompt, and all of a sudden, you ain't got shit to say. Give me a topic. We've been talking about your alcoholism. I'm sure you still have lots to say on that topic.
1: I don't mind leaving you alone
0: more often. If that's what you require. Right now your AA schedule's pretty dope for me. Um, I meant more than that, but okay. I mean, especially now that I'm not going to be working.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm going to be... this song with Cisco and Maya called It's All About Me. And there's this line during like the breakdown where he says you know that I'm going to love you for life so let me come inside. And I thought up until like 30 seconds ago, that he was referring to like the house to fuck, but I'm realizing he's talking about coming in her vagina like ejaculating inside of her vagina. That's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> and I, 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 you know. Okay, you know how I know lots of things and I'm a pretty wise person, and yet I'm still sort of, like, bright-eyed and naive? That's one of those times. things. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you said come inside, I was like, what? what hole are we coming in?
0: Oh, my god! Well, maybe that's the thing for someone who would be doing that, but I am not in a sexual mood at the moment. All I am is... I am always in the sexual mode. I know you are, and I am so sorry that I cannot dick you down right now. That's been a consistent problem with partners. What?
1: Hypersexual. Decidedly sexual. Come on, let's have sex. No, I'm not in the mood. Okay. But see, I wish... I don't know if it's my age, because I've dated people that are older than me. No. They've calmed down, maybe I don't know. I've always done this when I have
0: a purpose in life, or when I have like a focus, a project. Yeah. My sex drive just sort of takes a back seat because I can't shut my mind. I can't switch like
1: gears. We were still awake. You couldn't switch gears to go to bed. Right? Yeah, that happens because mm-hmm. you're excited. It's like when it's like Santa Claus. Exactly like You're today. excited and you want to stay up and you can't sleep and you get like the worst sleep all the year the night before Christmas. Mm-hmm. But you're so excited. What about that? What about
0: Fucking truffles.
1: Called there is a solution. I'm just getting into um, you know what is AA. You know what about alcohol. You know the next chapter in this book is more about alcoholism. So this is like a prelude to alcoholism, giving you an introduction and then more about alcoholism and then we agnostics is the next chapter. Okay. How it works. So then you st- you get a setup, and then in chapter five you start getting into how does AA work. This is what's going on. This is the problem. Here's the twelve step program or whatever, and then taking it into action, um, working with others to wives, uh, the family afterward, um, to employers, uh, a vision for you.
0: Do you like what it's saying so far? Yeah, I can relate to it so far.
1: This is the importance of the AA right here. Mm-mm. This is stories from alcoholics. But oh, okay. their experiences from different demographics. So you have a gay person, you have you know, a black yeah. person, a white person, Native American person. What about gay black? What about gay Native American? What about that's why they keep coming out with different editions. Because they keep adding stuff to it. Because they're bitches. Yeah. So, right now, what I'm in, Do you want me to just read it to you? What okay. I'm reading? Is that fine? I don't know if I have anything to actually say, talk about anymore. Unless I'm given a subject to talk about, so... I don't know. Like, if you... If you like... I'm just trying to learn. I know you are, and I know this is new to you. And I know I'm I'm really trying to open up, to be honest with you, from what I know and remember, and how I can relate to how I feel. Because I know that this is very confusing, and it's something that you don't have a problem with. Yeah. You know, personally. You know, by proxy, you do, absolutely, but, you know. um, So... Uh, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. This is getting out of the first chapter, which is Bill's story. Bill was a co-founder of AA, telling you a little bit about his life in the 20s, and how he got involved in stocks, and then he started drinking, and then it ruined his life with the Great Depression, and then he started drinking more, and all this stuff. So, um, um, uh, we are average Americans, all sections of this country, and many of its occupations are represented as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally uh, would not mix. But there exists among us a fellowship of humanity and understanding, which is indescribably wonderful. We are like passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy and escape from disaster does not subside as we go in our individual ways. The feeling of having shared any common peril is one element of a powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can... Uh, join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news. This is to those who suffer from alcoholism. An illness of this sort, and we have come to believe it as an illness, involves those about us in a way which no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him and no one is angry or hurt. But not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there goes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all those life touches, it engulfs all those lives, all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase the list. We hope this volume will inform and comfort those who are and who may be affected, for there are many. Highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us have found it difficult ...have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wife's parents and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. Uh, But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another, another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Um, are you trying? You time to go in there? Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. I'll make your fries. No, you can keep reading. So, um. All right. So, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. So, meaning understanding yourself, understanding why you do what you do, you know? And talking to another person that has the same... um, Yeah. Um. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier-than-thou, Nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel the, that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. I know I'm cleaning her bed right now. No,
0: you're continuing to read.
1: I need to clean her house, though. You
0: need to read. Do what I said. Bear, you cannot do this. What are you doing? I'm taking it outside. I just didn't know where you went.
1: right there is probably a water bottle
0: but it's like And continue
1: All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. A few are are fortunate enough to be so situated where they can give nearly all their time to work. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result. But the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given? Uh, We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. Um, We shall bring... To the task, our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. Of necessity, there will be discussion of med- matters medical, psychiatric, social, and religious. We are aware that these matters are, from their very nature, controversial. Nothing would please us so much as to write a book which would contain no basis for con- content or argument. We shall do our utmost to achieve that ideal. Most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as problem as ex problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. You may already have asked yourself, why is it that all of us became so very ill from drinking? Doubtless, you are curious to discover how and why, in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tend to you we shall tell you what we have done before going into a detailed discussion it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. How many times have people said to us, I can take it or leave it alone, why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor, why don't you try beer? and wine, lay off the hard stuff, his willpower must be weak, Uh, he could stop. If he wanted to, she's such a sweet girl, I don't think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him, but there he is all lit up again. Now these are commonplace observations on drinkers which we hear all the time, back back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding we see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are different from ours moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have a good reason for it they can take it or leave it alone when then we have a certain type of hard drinker he may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this, may, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. Um, But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker, he may or may not become a continuous hard drinker but at some stage of his drinking career he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. Here is the fellow who has been puzzling you, especially in his lack of control. He does absurd, incredible, tragic things while drinking. He is a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He is seldom mildly intoxicated. He is always more or less insanely drunk. His disposition while drinking resembles his normal nature, but little. He may be one of the finest fellows in the world, yet let him drink for a day, and he frequently becomes disgustingly and even dangerously antisocial. He has a positive genius for getting Uh, tight at exactly the wrong moment, particularly when some important decision must be made or engagement kept. He is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor, but in that respect he is incredibly dishonest and selfish. He often possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes, and has a promising career ahead of him. He uses his gifts to build up a bright outlook for his family and himself, and then pulls the structure down on his head by a senseless series of sprees. He is the fellow who goes to bed so intoxicated he ought to sleep the clock around, yet early next morning he searches madly for the bottle he misplaced the night before. If he can afford it, he may have liquor concealed all over his house. To be concerned, no one gets his entire supply away from him to throw down the waste pipe. As matters grow worse, he begins to use a combination of high-powered sedative and liquor, sedative, high-powered sedative and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. Then comes the day when he simply cannot make it and gets drunk all over again. Perhaps he goes to a doctor who gives him morphine or some sedative with which to taper off. to appear at hospitals and sanitariums. This by no means this is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic as our behavior patterns vary. But this description should identify him roughly. Why does he behave like this if hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink means another debacle debacle with all its attendant suffering and humiliation, why does he take, why is it he takes that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become what has become of the common sense and willpower that he still sometimes displays with respect to other matters? Perhaps there never will be flow a full answer to these questions, opinions vary considerably as to why the alcoholic reacts differently from normal people. We huh? We um differently from normal people. Um we are, we are not sure why once a certain point is reached little can be done for him. We cannot answer the riddle. We know that while alcoholic, the alcoholic keeps away from drink, he may do it for months or years, he reacts much like other men. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever into his system, something happens, both in the bodily and, mentally, and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. These observations wouldn't be academic and pointless if our friend never took the first drink, there, by setting the terrible cycle in motion. Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind, rather than his body. If you ask him why he started on the last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of a hundred alibis. Sometimes these excuses are sur- are have a certain plausibility, but none of them really make sense in the light of the havoc of an alcoholic's drinking about these, Uh They sound like the philosophy of the man who, having a headache, beats himself on the head with a hammer so he can't feel the ache. If you draw this fallacious reasoning into the attention of an alcoholic, he will laugh it off or become irritable and refuse to talk. Once in a while, he may tell the truth, and the truth, strange to say, is usually that he has no more idea why he took that, fr- that first drink than you have. Some drinkers have excuses which they are satisfied with, which they are satisfied part of the time, but in their hearts they really do not know why they do it. Once the malady has a real hold, they are. A baffled lot. There is the obsession that somehow, someday, they will beat the game, but they often suspect they are down for the count. How true is it? How true this is, few realize. In a vague way, their families and friends sense that these drinkers are abnormal, but everyone hopefully awaits the day when the sufferer will lose himself from his lethargy and assert his power of will. The tragic truth is that if the man be a real alcoholic, the happy day may not arrive. He has lost control. At a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passes into a state where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is of absolutely no avail. This tragic situation has already arrived in practically every case, long before it is expected. Is suspected. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet, obs- yet obscure, have lost the power to- of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unstable at certain. We are unstable at certain times. <laughs> <coughs> to bring into our consciousness with. Sufficient force, the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago, we are without defense against the first strength. The almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the minds to deter us. If these thoughts occupy, if these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted. Um, with the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There's a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hands on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself, in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us began to drink in this nonchalant way, and after the third or fourth pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, For God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have <laughs> that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth drink, or what's the use of it When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, he may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history, but for the grace of God, there, are, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations, so many want to stop, but cannot. There's a solution. Almost none of us like the self searching liked the self searching the, the level of our pride, the confession of the shortcomings which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we but we say saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and fertility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less, that We have had deep and effective um, spiritual experiences with an asterisk, the asterisk says fully explained in Appendix 2, which we, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. Uh, the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for which we can never do by ourselves. If you're as seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life has become impossible, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the cold bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual health. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Um, A certain American businessman had ability, good sense and high character for years. He uh, had the from one sanitarium to another. He had consulted the best known American psychiatrists. He, then he had gone to Europe, placing himself in the care of celebrated physician and psychiatrist Dr. Jung, who prescribed for him, um, through experience had made, though experience had made him skeptical, he finished his treatment with usual, unusual confidence. His physical and mental condition were unusually good, above all, he believed he had acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner workings of his mind and its hidden springs that relapse was unthinkable, nevertheless he was drunk in a short time. More baffling still, he could give no satisfactory explanation for his all. So he returned to this doctor, whom he admired, and asked him point blank why he could not recover. He wished, above all things, to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well balanced with respect to other problems, yet he had no control whatsoever over alcohol. Why was this? He begged the doctor to tell him the whole truth, and he got it. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly helpless. He could never regain his position in society, and he would have to be placed under lock and key, or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long. That was a great physician's opinion. But this man still lives and is a free man. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined. He can go anywhere on earth where other free men may go without disaster, provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. Some of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help, let us... Tell you the rest of the conversation the friend had our friend had with his doctor. The doctor said you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I've never seen one single case recover where the mind where the state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. He said to the doctors, There's no exception. Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are a phenomena. They appear to be a nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely (laughs) new set of conceptions and motives begins to dominate them. In fact, I have been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I employ are successful, but I've never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. Um, For amplification, see Appendix 2. Upon hearing this, our friend was somewhat relieved, for he reflected that, after all, he was a good church member. This hope, however, was destroyed by the doctor telling him that while his religious convictions were very good, um, in his case they did not spell the necessary vital spiritual experience. Here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself when he had the extraordinary experience which, as we have already told you, made him a free man. We, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men for what seemed at first a flimsy greed had proved to be a loving and powerful hand of God. Uh, new life has been given to us and if you prefer a design for living that really works Uh, distinguished American psychologist William James in his book Varieties of Religious Experience indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God we have no desire to convince anyone that there is one way by which faith can be acquired Um, if what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all. It means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, children are children of a living Creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understanding terms as soon as we are willing and honest love to try. Those having religious affiliation will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. It's almost like they're turning psychology into a spiritual thing.
0: Bridging the gap.
1: Yeah. That your spirituality is just going and talking to people that you have something in common with, which is what DBT is. Um... We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entire personal affair which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. In the following chapters, there appears an explanation um, of alcoholism as we understand it, then a chapter addressing to the agnostic many who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such conviction no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Further on, clear cut direction are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by forty two personal experiences. Each individual in these in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own viewpoint point of view the way he established his relationship with god these give a fair cross section of our membership and a clear idea of what has actually happened in their lives we hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages and we believe it is only by full disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And that's the end of Chapter 2. Okay. (coughs)
0: Comments?
1: Um, I think this is going to help me appreciate and learn to love my white self and learn to be honest about my flaws and faults and try and help others because it was developed by white people when they say free man, I think of a white person, you know, so, and the dude that made it was white, mm-hmm. so, and the majority of the members are white, even though it's open to anyone, you know, um, and I'm starting to find what they're, what they described as, Um. starting to learn emotional displacement seeing making connections to emotions making connections to my past and I think through working through this with others and working through it with myself because part of having a sponsor is like having a mister in alcoholics anonymous. You go through this with them. They ask you questions. They basically give you homework on each chapter. And it, I mean it it's set up how you and your sponsor do it, but generally you know, you meet once a week and you talk with your sponsor and, you know, you. they give you questions to go through and, you know, read this page to this page and hear some questions or write what you found interesting or write what you learned from it.
0: Sounds like Bible study. Or a tutor.
1: Essentially. It seems like they're taking spiritual, religious practices and putting them with psychology. Because I know that in Christianity, confessing your sins to one another is very important. hmm And being honest, like, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. Like, you know, oh, I struggle with that too. Oh, well, this is what I do.
0: There's a reason religions are set up the way they are.
1: Because in a way, they do work. Mm-hmm. The psychology behind it, the truth behind it, works because it's psychology. To me, God's in your brain. Mm-hmm. Personally, God is in your brain. You create it. If you God is alive
0: because we live.
1: Yeah. If you. I look at it this way. For me personally, in my experience, that is why part of why I'm in a DS relationship. I find God through human interaction and through human experience. To me, that's what God is. To me, Jesus was always just talking to people and connecting with people. To me,
0: God is a DJ
1: life a dance floor? Absolutely. What's the rhythm, love? And you hear the music?
0: Yes. The oh. fuck you think I was, bitch? <laughs> Beat- Who the fuck did you think I is?
1: You ain't messing with no average bitch, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Lemonade. Oh, God. Oh, God. Be honest. Beyonce is my god.
0: Jesus. <laughs> <Beezus>. Jesus. <Beezus. laughs>
1: oh, she's bigger than Jesus. <laughs> you know what Jesus never did. He never slayed. That's true. Closest he got to slam was, tripping, was flipping tables and cracking people with a whip. Which sounds kinky as fuck. I'm sure some of the
0: motherfuckers got slayed. You tied him up, made him full of slay.
1: Mm-hmm. A slave trick, or you getting crucified. No,
0: God. Maybe he didn't slay, man. He got crucified.
1: Crucified! When I crucify, take his ass to Golgotha. <laughs> I thought. We gonna say. <laughs> oh god. Thank you. The water? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm parched from raining. I'm parched from smoking. I'm parched from being an asshole. God. My asshole is parched being from. Being a piece of
0: shit is thirsty work.
1: being a raging binge alcoholic is a thirsty word mm-hmm. literally
0: god I'm constantly drinking but i'm always thirsty I'm always thirsty baby mm-hmm. Bear. finally in love with prime thirsty.
1: Eat these goddamn fries, bitch. Okay, Candace. Um, no, but I, I see what they're trying to say. Um, what, what, what do you think from my reading? I appreciate you letting me read that out loud too, because I'm trying to get used to reading out loud in front of people because it makes me very nervous because I stutter sometimes but that's okay because I slow down and I breathe and I just try again and sometimes people have to help me with words because of pronunciation mm-hmm. and I feel okay with that
0: I'm
1: mm-hmm. so although you did pretty good I thought so well, I'm only reading in front of one other person you were back there so in my mind I'm just reading out loud because I'm facing this way by myself like Saya. That's
0: fair.
1: And plus, I don't get so nervous reading in front of you. Because you're
0: my vibe. Because
1: I know you don't expect me to be a pupper.
0: I expect you to be a pupper.
1: Mm-hmm. I why a little different? There.
0: Chandelier from the chandelier.
1: (laughs) What do you think though?
0: Um, for me, from
1: a learning standpoint, I think it's
0: interesting that you, I just think it's interesting that you already had.
1: Alcoholics Anonymous. Without having Alcoholics Anonymous today, when you were religious. Oh yeah, Christianity is part of what helped me together, and like helped me be okay with myself because I felt worth something. Cause it's like, oh, I'm God's child. I'm, I feel okay with myself. But like now, I'm like, I don't really believe that anymore. That doesn't really fit for me anymore. Where I'm at in my life, so you know, that sense of worth and helpfulness in the religious aspect was diminished. So I would agree with you. Was there anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, I'm watching purple. That's fair. I gave her a bowl of water. I'm to see what she's going to do with it. So I'm not going to put the top on her cage yet. Because I have a feeling she's going to knock it over.
1: I'm mad at it.
0: But. If she doesn't, I'd like to do that instead of. A bottle, yeah,
1: this would be like a cat, yeah. Cats have water dishes, yeah.
0: My problem is just making sure it does not get knocked over,
1: or she get like food in that.
0: Oh, I don't really care about that. Oh, mm-hmm. we have to swap it out every day anyway, yeah. It's not as if we'd be cleaning it anymore, or less. Yeah.
1: It probably help being in a bowl because it'd be less room for bacteria to, yeah, faster, be more
0: open to air.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with you. I didn't I didn't really make that connection either. Like I knew I had something with Christianity, but I didn't know what it was. You know. because I never really fully believed it. I just kind of was like, okay, this works, (laughs) you know.
0: It sounds like the devil's trying to take you back to hell.
1: I do love the devil. Why'd you have to bring me out of the hell? I liked it there. <laughs> Is hell my kindergarten.
0: Essentially.
1: None to dread the salt. Huh? None to dread the salt. Oh my god. Um, no, but like, um, shall I keep reading? Is that enough for today? Um, I think it's enough for
0: today. Alright. Um. I'm sorry. I will say.
1: Thank you for letting me read. I
0: shouldn't. I will say. I like their little mm-hmm. AA meeting.
1: Thank you. And that way you didn't have to leave the house. I didn't do my little prayer thing i do. Hey, give me the serenity. the things I cannot change. Speak up! The courage to change what I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Just for today. Just. For. Today. And then you take what I can. That's when you hold on and go. Yeah. I shake your
0: hand. No. Shake your hand. Mm. No, huh? Happy 12 days of sobriety. You like me being sober?
1: Yeah. Am I better when I'm sober?
0: Yes.
1: Not better, more with it. Yes. Is what I mean, not better. That's a judgment. My character seems less rambunctious. It seems more like you. I'm trying to really just get involved with something, you know. Because I don't do sports. I don't. Do enough classes, you know, and that's it's stuff I like doing. You know, I'll I'll take a class if it interests me, but you know. But right now, I'm not just gonna take a random class just to take a random class. Like I took that soap, like that ball making class for a reason, and then we started making the others. Like it helped me do something Mm -hmm. and make something, and help us make something, and now we're selling it. Mm I think that's really fucking cool that the library helped do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, library. Yeah. But I'm just trying to get involved. Because I know it's going to help me with my social anxiety. And it helps me be more open and honest with people with similar problems, and that's something I always have a problem with, is why are, why are, if there's other gay people, why don't they talk about it? Why isn't it something that's talked about? That was always my issue. It made me feel very secluded and felt like, man, I am the only one that I know going through this, when that's not the case.
0: It's so not the case. It's not
1: like that. Is how delusional of a world I come from? Is I thought I was the only one that was a Christian that felt like this because there was no one else that I knew. Even excommunicated people that I knew. This uh, this wasn't something that was around. So for me to be gay. And all this stuff was like taboo almost in this delusional black and white BPD world I come from. Well, I gotta be black. And white. Because that's the kind of world I grew up in, <laughs> motherfucker. Why you think I'm so fucked up in the head and can't see fucking gray? Which, speaking of that, I want to get a tattoo of a gray ribbon for BPD awareness. Because I think it would be a cute reminder that there's always a gray area. Or maybe like a
0: little gray cloud.
1: Like that storming care bear. That'd be cute. I would like a BPD reminder. Mindfulness. Be
0: mindful.
1: B...P...D.
0: Maybe you could just put a D on that arm. A gray D. B-P-D.
1: B-P-D. <laughs> B-P-D. P
0: question mark D. Or it's upside down. Latin American, Spanish? Question mark? Yes. Nice. I will accept
1: nothing else. Don't give me that American bullshit. <laughs> All
0: right. I think a two-hour episode is enough. Or one hour, who knows. Yes. But it's... It's been a good conversation. Okay. You're welcome.